Welcome to the Rock Church Podcast. This is Amanda. We're so glad you're joining us today. We are a church family that exists to love God, love people, and do something about it. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit us at rockc3.com or head over to your app store and search Rock C3 for our app. This week, Pastor Josh Finkley brings us the fourth and final week of our series called Open All Doors. Enjoy the message. Well, hello, everybody. You guys doing good today? It's good to see you guys and want to welcome everybody who is here in Conway um, at our 10 o'clock service. But I also want to give a big shout out because right now I know we got a bunch of people watching online and our Aner campus is, is live with us right now. So will you give it up for everybody who's watching uh, online and from Aner? And uh, Man, I want to say this. If you're online, thank you. Uh, whether you're watching here locally um, or maybe you're, you're across the nation, wherever you might be watching from, man, thanks for tuning in and definitely encourage you to connect with a host. And then I also want to say to all of those of you who are in Aner right now, man, I am thankful for you guys. I know God is doing some crazy things. You're cramming into a coffee bar right now, but it won't be long until that building is open across the park parking lot, the Kids Rock area. I know drywall's up, paint is up, great things are happening. So we're excited about the future that is going to come here in the next few months at Aner. all right? So Conway, will you give it up for Aner just one more time? So thankful for you guys, all right? And God's doing great things. And, and before I even dive into the message, I just want to make sure that we're all aware of some things that are happening because it is kind of that fall season, that little bit of a fall kickoff. Labor Day yesterday, or Labor Day tomorrow, but Labor Day weekend, we got to watch a bunch of college football yesterday. Who watched college football yesterday? You with me? All right, so some of you are. So those of you who are Gamecock fans, you're finally happy on a Sunday morning, okay? I love it. I love it. Normally, it's my Clemson fans who are happy on Sunday morning. I know you're a little sad this morning, all right? I know that's the way it is, but it's okay. God still works, okay? He hasn't abandoned you, all right? And hey, let's give it up for our Coastal fans as well. I love it. Great to see Coastal was a big victory on Thursday, hoping they get another one this Friday night against Kansas. So great things going on there. But, but again, a lot of things going on in our church, all right? Uh, this Tuesday night that we are having a first Tuesday of the month worship gathering on the Conway campus. That's something that we do every first Tuesday of the month, uh, that we have a time of worship, and then I'll be doing some Bible teaching, and uh, that's part of, we kind of mix that with Regen. Uh, so just encourage you to come out Tuesday night to this campus. Then on Friday night on this campus, we are having what we're calling a rocking uh, magic show, all right? And uh, it's going to be incredible. I don't know if you know this or not, but we have some nationally award-winning uh, magicians, illusionists who attend our church every week. And they're putting on one of their shows free of charge for our church. So I want to encourage you to come out. Now, seats are limited. I think there's about 100 uh, seats left. So you can go on the Rock app and you can register for that. Great uh, event for anybody, but especially if you have kids, I know they will thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, so check that out through the Rock app. 
On Sunday, uh, we are launching our Spanish ministry during our 1130 hour. All right, so I definitely want to encourage you for that, that, that it's something we've been doing in beta version right now. Basically, what that means is at the 1130 service, we have translators who are going to be translating uh, the message into English for anybody who needs to listen. All right, and, and I love that because we're basically saying we're going to do whatever it takes to open all doors so that people can hear the gospel. And isn't that worth celebrating? Now we're celebrating that. That's what we're trying to do, all right? Um, so I know there's, there's flyers um, out in the lobby. Uh, if you know anybody who's maybe first language is Spanish um, or, or somebody that you know and just needs to hear the gospel in their language, uh, take those cards and, and give it to some of your friends who maybe you work with, all right? And then one other event that is coming a week from Wednesday. Um, so uh, basically in about a week and a half, we're having our Woven Women's event, all right? And, and that's going to be incredible as well. And that's for high school students through uh, however old you are as a female, all right? And um, again, space is limited. I think there's about 100, maybe 150 seats available for that. Uh, so sign up through the app uh, to come to our Woven Women's event in about a week and a half, all right? Now, let, let me dive back into this series that we're calling Open All Doors, and we've been doing this series now for four weeks. This is the fourth week of it. And, and it's a series that, that, yes, it's an ending today in title. But if you remember, if you've been coming, uh, I've said that this is a series that will carry us for nine months, that it'll carry us the entire school year. Because what we want to do is we want to open all doors. And that we said we want to open doors for us to connect with Jesus for us to connect with Christ, but then we also want to open doors for you to share Christ with others. That, that it's a twofold series, and again, the title ends this weekend, but we're going to continue for the whole school year. Because what I believe and what I want us to understand as a church is how critical it is for us to personally connect with Christ, but then for us to share Christ personally with others. And in week one, we talked about the idea of, uh, of ripping the roof off a building and, and basically saying, do whatever it takes to make this happen. Uh, open any door possible. And then in week two, we said the way to open all doors is to use the right key. One of the keys that we said to opening all doors is the key of prayer. That we said, you got to make it a matter of prayer. That, that we've got to be praying, one, so that we're in connection with Christ, but two, we really need to be going to Christ. We need to be praying to God for our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors who don't know Jesus. And we need to do everything we possibly can, and the way to do that is by making it a matter of prayer. And we challenged you with a statement, and I want to remind you of the statement. The statement was this, is if God answered... Every one of your prayers this past week, if he answered every one of them, how many people would have come to Christ? And that's a sobering thought because for some of us, it means none. Because maybe we haven't prayed for anyone to come to Christ. And we really launched that, and that's when we brought up the doors, and we encourage you to start putting names on the doors or people group on the door that you are going to be praying about because we've got to make it a matter of prayer. In week three, last week, we said that the second key is by making it a priority, 
that in our lives, our relationship with Jesus and the idea of sharing Christ with others has to be a priority in our lives. And then now today, I want to give you the last key. This is a process. If you really think about opening the door to to Jesus and opening the door to share Christ with others, the process is make it a matter of prayer, make it a priority, and make it personal. Make it personal. That, That Jesus wants a personal relationship with you. And Jesus wants you to share Christ personally with others. So we got to make it personal. And if I was to ask you this question, or or maybe I should just simply ask you this question. Don't say this out loud. This is just for you and your mind. I want you to think of something that is very personal to you. Just think of something that's very personal. When, when I asked that of some other people, I was actually on stage talking to some of the people uh, in our worship team, and I asked them that question. I said, tell me something that's very personal in your life. And everything they shared was personal because it involved a person and a conversation. Like, like it wasn't just objects in their life. It was, my grandpa gave me a piece of jewelry. My spouse gave me a necklace. That it wasn't just the necklace that was personal. It was personal because of a person. Almost everything that we have in our life that is really, really, really personal comes through a person and a story. Here's one way for me to say it. How many of you all are engaged or married? Raise your hand, all right? Across all of our campuses, raise your hand. Okay, chances are your engagement story is very personal. Right? Can you remember it? I, I hope. Okay? But, but, but I know for me, my engagement story, very personal. That, that I remember I was tired of waiting and I was like, tonight's tonight. I'm going to ask Krista to marry me. The problem was the ring was two hours away in my dorm room at college. So I said, baby, let's go on a drive. She's like, okay. And next thing you know, two hours later, I show up at our university. She's like, what are we doing here? I was like, oh, I forgot some books I need to study lie, okay? Um, but, but I went in, I got the ring. From there, we went out, ate, ate, ate a nice dinner. And then we went to this place called the Church of the Steps in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's this beautiful old church that overlooks the city. And I got down on my knee right there in front of this church. And I thought, this is great. I'm going into ministry. And I had this long speech worked up because I had two hours to drive to think about it. And I remember saying things like this, baby, I, I don't know what the rest of life holds. I can't promise you riches. I can't promise you uh, that that everything's going to be great. I can't promise you a big house. I can't promise you any of that. I can promise you that we're going to go into ministry and I'm going to love you forever, right? That's what I promised her. And it's so personal to me. Now, if you'd ask Krista, it's personal to her as well. She'll say this, oh yeah, I remember. He got down on his knee, told me I was going to be poor the rest of my life and that he'd love me. But it's personal. It was a personal story, personal connections, right? And God has blessed us beyond measure. For those of you who are parents, think about the day your child was born. That's personal. And there's a story that involves people. And you can tell the story. You can talk about the labor pains or the hospital or the rush or, or however it happened. It's personal. 
And with Jesus, it should be the same way. That, that when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, understand it's personal. That Jesus wants a personal relationship with you. He wants a personal relationship with me. It's a personal relationship. Yet, it was never meant to be kept private. It's a personal relationship that he expects us to share with others. And then when it comes to with others, if we want to share this personal relationship we have with Christ with others, it means we have to get personal with others. Because it is only through personal relationship that we are going to be most effective in helping connect others with Christ. And that's what we see when we go back to the book of Colossians. Now, I say back to the book of Colossians because for four weeks, we've looked at about five verses in the fourth chapter of Colossians. And this was Paul writing, saying that he wanted us, he wanted the people, wanted the church to help connect others to Christ. And he told us how. And he gave us this process, and one was prayer. The second one was making the most of every opportunity, so making it a priority. And today, in this last verse, we'll see how he basically says, make it personal. Look at it. It says it this way. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, let your conversation. Let's just stop right there. All I'm going to do today is I'm going to just try to walk you through this verse. Let's stop at this idea of conversation. That if you're wanting to make things personal with Christ and with others, then it needs to be based on a conversation. That, that if you think about Jesus, when Jesus was here on earth, that, that he was always about conversation. That he was always talking to people. Not standing up and preaching. He did that on occasion. But the majority of the time and the things that we have recorded about him from the Bible are conversations he had. Conversations with Nicodemus. Conversations with the prostitute. Conversations with the woman at the well. Conversations with Simon. Conversations with the religious leaders. Conversations with his disciples. Conversations with people. Because he knew if I want to be personal, then I have to have conversation. And that is so true of us today. First with Jesus. That he wants a conversation with you. And to think about this, the Savior of the world, the one who created it all, he wants a personal conversation with you. That, that he wants to be one-on-one -on -one with you. That's why we say we got to make it a matter of prayer so much. It's because he wants to be in this kind of conversation. And I want you to recognize that as well. That he wants a one-on-one -on -one relationship with you. But then secondly, follow in his footsteps and engage in personal conversations with others. Start having conversations with your classmates, with your teammates, with your neighbors, with your family members. Have those conversations face-to-face. -face. Have those conversations around the water cooler or the gas pump. Have those conversations digitally, not in the social media world, but digital one-on-one. -on -one. However you need to do it, have conversations. And in those conversations, make sure they are full of grace. Here's what I mean. Go back to the scripture. It says, let your conversation be always full of grace. 
that, that every conversation Jesus had was based in grace. Let me go back to those illustrations I told you earlier. When he was talking to the woman at the well, it was based in grace. When he was talking to Nicodemus, it was based in grace. When you talk to, uh, about the prostitute, it was based in grace. Talk about Simon, it was based in grace. The disciples, based in grace. The, the religious leaders, based in grace. All of Jesus' conversations were based in grace. And we know this because in John chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Jesus came full of grace. I, I think about a conversation that he was having with Martha and with Mary, that they were serving him dinner one night, and while they were serving him dinner, Martha was in the kitchen, and she was busy doing the preparations. Mary, on the other hand, was sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Martha came out and said, Jesus, tell my sister to get up and to help me with all the, the, the dinner preparations. Tell, tell my sister to come to my aid. She's left me to do all the work. And in it, Jesus said this, Martha, Martha, you're busy and upset about so many things, but only one thing matters. And Mary has chosen what is best, and it's not going to be taken away from her. That Jesus was saying, listen, Mary has entered into a conversation with me. And I'm going to give her grace in the midst of this conversation. At the same time, he's given Martha grace as well. That he's, that he's basing the conversations on grace. What Jesus did in all those conversations is he listened and he loved. And that's the way we should look at conversations as well. One, conversations with Jesus, we should look at that as well. That they're based on grace. And I think many times we avoid conversations with God because we're afraid that what we're going to get is judgment, not grace. Right? Anybody here ever avoided having a conversation with your parents because you knew you had messed up and you thought judgment is going to come, not grace? Right? Yeah, it's okay to raise your hand. Right? You're there. Anybody ever avoided your boss because you knew that you had done something wrong? You're like, my boss goes to church here. I'm not raising my hand. Right? You know what I mean? But, but you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes we'll avoid the conversation because we don't think grace is coming. We think judgment is coming. Because listen, hear this. Jesus wants to have a conversation with you. And the conversation he wants to have with you is based in grace because you matter to him. You matter deeply to him. And he wants to offer you, he wants to offer me his grace. And I think we would do well, one, to notice that for us to have a conversation, but then two, for us to live that out while we have conversations with others. Because one thing I know, especially in 2020 and 2021, we're not very good at having conversations that are based in grace. True? Like, like if you think about conversations in our world right now, most of them aren't founded on grace. We might enter a conversation with somebody, and the minute that they don't agree with you, the minute that, that they say something different than you, the minute that you guys are at odds, then we immediately, we, we cut them off, we cancel them out, we alienate them. We are guilty of that in the world that we live in right now. And what I want to challenge us to do is enter conversations with others who maybe don't think the exact same way you think, but rather than judge Listen, 
Rather than condemn or alienate, draw closer. And while you're having that conversation, don't immediately try to fix them or change them. Anybody willing to admit that you have a problem always trying to fix people and fix things? You understand? Like, we're there. I know I'm guilty of that. That it's just like, tell me your problem. Okay, let me fix it in five minutes, right? You know what I mean? I'm guilty of that. And, and what we'll do is rather than give grace and listen to somebody's story or listen to somebody's struggle, we'll either just try to fix or change. Listen, change comes because of grace, not before grace, right? Thank you. I appreciate that, Hal. Listen to that. Let me say it again. Change comes because of grace, not before grace. So we've got to start conversations with Jesus in grace because that's what he wants to give. And we have to have conversations with others in grace because as we're giving grace, then we can go on to the second part of the conversation. And we'll see that in the scripture. Just go right back to the scripture. It says this, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. Seasoned with salt. Now, what in the world did Paul mean when he said salt? You know what I mean? Like, like if you look at, at the verse so far, you're like, okay, I get it. Why, why is he bringing up salt here? Uh, just curious. How many of y'all love to salt your food? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like before you even taste it, how many of you all salt it a second time, right? Or especially with Mexican, like you bring out the chips and salsa and you douse the tortillas with salt. Anybody with me? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's the way to eat chips and salsa. Why is he bringing up salt here? Flavor, right? Because salt makes things taste better. That, that they, they take things that are bitter and they take things that are bland and they make them taste better. All right, so think about your conversations with others. How do you make them taste better? How do you season them with salt? Because that's what, what, what we're thinking about here, all right? This idea that I need to season it with salt because I want it to taste better, which is true, yet I don't think that's exactly what Paul was getting at in the verse. Like, that's a true biblical principle, but I don't think that's exactly what Paul was getting at in this verse when he wrote it. What I really think that he was trying to say is season with salt, meaning preserve. Because salt back then, although it did make things taste better, the number one reason salt was used 2,000 years ago was to preserve their meat, to keep it from spoiling or rotting because they didn't have refrigeration. So what, salt, what, what Paul is saying there is you have to season it with salt because you don't want it to spoil. You don't want it to rot. You want to preserve. So if you're having a conversation with somebody, make sure the conversation preserves the person because you care so much about them. You don't want to see them spoil or rot when it comes to this life or the afterlife. That's really what he's getting at. And the way you do that is you season the conversation with truth. Like if I could look at that verse and say it in simple form, that have conversations that are full of grace and seasoned with salt that are seasoned with truth. Because with Jesus, 
every conversation he had, he gave full grace, but he also gave full truth. John chapter 1 verse 17 again said he came in full grace and full truth. Because he knew the foundation, the base of the conversation is going to be based in grace, but it's going to be surrounded by truth. It's going to be filled by truth because it is truth that preserves. It is his words that preserves. It is the gospel that preserves. So when we're having conversations with people, we need to look at them and give full grace and then truth. And when we do that, then we know how to answer everyone. Then we can fulfill this verse. Go, go back and look at it one last time. It says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, truth, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So that you might know how to answer everyone. Now, I'm going to take some time and explain this verse a little bit further here in Conway and online, but I'm going to let Beard take over at Aner, and he'll talk about this verse there. And we're going to do this as we move into a time of response. Because what I want you to do is what I want you to see is how you can answer everyone. Because the gospel, meaning Jesus, he's for everyone. The gospel of Jesus is for everyone. He is for your coworker. He is for your family member. He is for your neighbor. He is for your teammate. He is for the person you love. He is for the person you like. He is for the person you don't like. That the gospel is for everyone. And we need to know how to answer everyone, which means we need to know how to answer anyone. And the way you can answer anyone is enter a personal conversation that is full of grace and seasoned with truth. That you can enter into a conversation with a classmate full of grace, seasoned with truth. You can enter into a conversation with a family member full of grace, seasoned with truth. That you have to make it personal. I have to make it personal because I need to know how to answer everyone or anyone who asks. Now you might might have heard this last 15 minutes and you say, okay, Josh, that's great. Like philosophically, I get it. Verse, I get. But how do I do that practically? How do I just enter into a conversation with somebody? How do I do that practically? And here's what I would simply say. I'd say personally connect story. It goes back to the very thing I said at the very beginning. That anything is personal, if anything is personal, chances are it involves someone else and story. There's a story around it. So what I would challenge you to do is connect with people personally and share story. Like, it's really that practical. Just start sharing story. And what I mean by that is, if I start connecting with somebody personally, this could be a longtime friend, it could be a brand new friend, it could be somebody you just met on the street. But as I talk to them, let them 
share their story. Like, ask them who they are. Ask them where they're from. Ask them what they do. Let them share their story. And this is what I found. Most times, people love to tell you about themselves. Right? And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's like sometimes you get in an awkward conversation. If you just ask somebody to talk about themselves, typically it goes in a better direction. So just let somebody share their story. And in the midst of sharing their story, they might share their struggles. Listen. Love. They might share their their struggles in life. Listen and love. They might share their struggle with God. Listen and love. They might say, man, I'm really questioning this about God or about the Bible. Again, what happens too many times is when we hear that, we immediately want to come in with the answer. Uh, Some of you parents, your kids will come and say, man, I'm struggling with this part of the Bible. And if you're not careful, what you'll want to do is say, well, don't you remember at church we learned this? And before the conversation even gets to the next level, you've shut the conversation off and they haven't been able to process their struggle. I was talking to a college student this week and he was sharing with me some struggles. And it would have been so easy for me on the first struggle that he mentioned about God. It would have been really easy. Well, we can do this and this and this, and that answers it. But I would have never got to the third struggle about God, which I think is the real struggle. You see what I'm saying? Just let people share. You don't have to condemn. You don't have to correct. You don't have to fix. There's times for that. There's times the, that, that we can shoot straight right in the midst of that. All right? We never shy away from truth. But here's what I've found. The best way to share the truth with somebody as they're sharing their story is to then simply share your story. And as you share your story, you can talk about the truth that you have found in Christ. Like my guess is everybody here has a story. Some of you in this room, I know, I see your faces. I know who you are. I know that, that you're, you're walking with God and you've got a relationship with Jesus. There's some of you who I, I don't know. I don't know your story. There's some of you who are brand new. We've all got a story. We've all have a story that has some struggles. And my guess is if I allowed you just to share your story, if everybody in this room started to share your story, here's some of the things I'd hear that my father left me when I was a child. And I struggle connecting with God because we call God our father. And I struggle thinking of God as a father because the only thing I know about a father is not good. Right? Some of you, that would be your story. Some of you would say that, that man, at an early age, I jumped into some sins when it came to alcohol or, or pot or other drugs. And because of that, I've had an addiction. Some of you would, would say that, that in my life I've been trying to find value because I don't feel valued. I've been looking for value from anywhere I can find it, from activities to people, and I just can't find value. I just don't feel like I matter. Some of you, if you were to share your story, you'd say, I just don't feel like I have a purpose. I'm just going through life day after day, job after job, with no purpose. And if I was sitting face to face with you and we were having a one-on-one personal conversation, I'd hear that. And I'd want to acknowledge that. 
and the pain of that. And I'd want you to not only receive grace from me, but more importantly, receive grace from God. And I know one of the best ways that I I could help you recognize that truth and get that grace is then for me to say, I get it. I get it. Because my story is similar. My story involves all those things. And some of you know my story. You've been coming to church here for a while, but many of you don't. That, That I really struggled with the concept of God as a father because the only father I knew left when I was born. That I, I, I didn't know a father and the only memory I have of a father is the day that he wanted my older brother to go visit him, but I wasn't invited. So on that day, the only memory I get of my father is the dad who left when I was born is the dad who doesn't want me now. So I struggled with this idea of fatherhood all my life, or at least into my 20s. That, that when I was born, I was actually born with birth defects, and I was born deaf. It wasn't until I was two years of age that my hearing came through some surgeries and things of that nature. And what I really believe is it was a miracle of God. That's what I believe. I believe that God knew that he wanted me to be able to preach the gospel with my mouth, so he gave me my hearing when I was a young age. But again, I didn't know God as a kid. So as an elementary student, I remember thinking, I got a dad who didn't want me, and I was born with birth defects, so I'm guessing he didn't want me because I was born with birth defects. Chances are, he didn't want to be around in my life because he didn't want to be around my mom. Chances are. But to an elementary kid, it was all about me, and I wasn't valued, and I wasn't wanted by my dad. So I started looking for value in anything I could find it, acceptance anywhere I could find it. And I went down a path of drugs and alcohol, even in elementary school. And it got worse and worse and worse all the way through high school because I was looking for some kind of purpose and some kind of value. My senior year of high school, I did some stupid stuff And I remember one night sitting on my bed and praying to an unknown God. And when I say an unknown God, I literally mean an unknown God. I could have been praying to Buddha God. I could have been praying to a Hindu God. I I didn't know God. I literally looked up into my ceiling of my house with tears in my eyes. And I said, God, I don't know if you're there. And I don't know if you can hear me. But if you can hear me, help me. And that night, our personal God said, Josh, I want a personal relationship with you. That night, God said, I hear you, and I'm going to come help you. And I cried myself to sleep that night. I didn't come to Jesus that night. I didn't know Jesus. But a God who wants a personal relationship with us said, I hear you. And not only do I hear you, but I'm coming to help you, and I'm going to come alongside of you because I know your story, and you need to know my story. And my story is I'll give you some grace and I'll give you some truth that will make a difference for the rest of your life. And that next day I found myself at school surrounded by Christians. And they started inviting me to church. Eventually I find myself at church. And I walked in as a ragamuffin. I mean, it was middle of the 80s, 1987. I mean, we're talking full-on muffins. 
sports, all right? Like, I'd fit right in with Coastal's football team right now. And while I was there, a guy named Randy and his wife, Suzanne, a guy named Steve and his wife, Julie, Bill and Connie and Michelle, they surrounded me. We entered into a personal relationship where we started sharing conversations. And after about a month of going to church, another guy named Rusty, he heard my story and he said, you don't know Jesus, do you? I was like, I don't. He goes, what do you know about Jesus? I said, nothing. And he shared the gospel. And he told me about the grace of Jesus and the truth of Jesus. And that night, I said, I want that. What do I need to do? He said, repent. Tell God you're sorry. Accept him into your life. And then get baptized. I was like, okay, I want to do that right now. He's like, well, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I said, I don't care. I want to do that right now. So we prayed. And then we woke up the youth pastor. And we went down to a pond on November 1st at 2 a.m. in the morning in Indiana. Not in South Carolina where it's still warm. And I went down into a lake. And I got baptized, came up out of the water, started walking back towards our dorms. And I looked up at the sky and I said another prayer. I said, God, thank you for hearing me. And immediately, right where I was looking, a star went shooting across the sky. As if God was saying, Josh, I hear you. I recognize you. And I want to be personal with you. I want to be personal. And that night, my story and his story connected. And he changed my story for all of my life and for all of eternity. For all of eternity. And as I share my story, I can just share with you the truth. I couldn't find it in the alcohol. I couldn't find it in the drugs. I couldn't find it in the party, partying. I couldn't find it in a family figure. I could only find it in God the Father, Jesus Christ. That's where the truth lies. And I invite you to find, find it there as well. Some of you have faith. What I invite you to do as we sing this song as I invite you to just cement it in your mind that yes, I'm going to open doors by making it a matter of prayer, by making it a priority, and by making it personal. I'm going to enter into conversations with people that are full of grace and full of truth. And we're going to share a story. And for some of you here who don't have a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to invite you to open that door right now. I'm going to invite you to have a conversation with God. Ask him for help. Ask him to hear you. And this is what I have found from my story. He will hear you. And he'll come to your side. And he'll help you. He didn't help me in the way I thought he would. But oh, he helped me in so much, such a better way. And I want that for you. Maybe you're sitting there saying, I want a conversation with God. I don't even know how to have that conversation then let me help you have that conversation. I'll be standing at the Connect Corner. Some of our prayer counselors are there, and we would love to talk to you further about that. Let's enter into a conversation with Jesus right now by singing, by praying, by taking communion. Let's go to him at the time of response.
Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about how to give to God through The Rock, you can find that information on our app or on our website. Another way that you can give to us is simply by subscribing to this podcast, rating it, telling your friends about it. All those things are super helpful. We hope you have a great week.